cool. Hello. Is it on now? <laughs> okay, my line wasn't moving. I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. And welcome to Snacks with Stein, the casual edition. This is not an episode, but it is because we're here together and we're talking about stuff, but it's not our normal episode. It's our lovely recap of the show on Disney Plus called Just Beyond. I don't know why I'm struggling with this intro today, so I apologize. Do ever ask to listen to this later. Hi, Christy. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. We're just hanging out. You're, you're doing. You're doing great. The intro sounds great. Like it doesn't matter. Like this is this is like me and Danielle talking on the phone, and then you guys get to come too. So it could be good. It could be bad. We don't know. I do have a snack though. Oh, what's your snack? We, we're recording later than we normally do uh, tonight already. I don't know if I'm the only person that has this problem. I, I try to do a lot of baked chicken. I'm trying to be more healthy. I'm trying to lose some weight. And it doesn't matter when I put the chicken in the oven. It takes freaking hours. Like, I don't know what, like, I'm one of those people, it has to be 160 degrees or we're not eating. And it's like, I am waiting on the chicken is going to be on my gravestone. Um... <laughs> So I had to message Danielle before we were starting because I was like, hey, I know it's eight o'clock. I'm a bad mother. I'm waiting on the chicken to come out so I can feed my children. Um, But I didn't actually have time to make myself a plate. I will handle that when we're done. But I did get myself a cookie. I'm having one of my made from scratch chocolate chip cookies because I deserve it. It's been a rough day. Yes. Good. I'm glad you're having something. (laughs) Yes. So if you hear me smacking, know that I am enjoying chocolate chip cookies even though it's hella hot we're in that time where we record in the summer where we get on and we're like (laughs) it was shitty last week now tomorrow is going to be a heat wave again and then it dips down again so we're like in the up and down but I just keep looking at my friend who lives in Arizona and I keep looking at her weather and I'm like do not complain do not complain. That's <laughs> a choice, like though. She moved to the sun. One twelve. <laughs> but I, her husband had a new job, so they had to move and whatever. And I get it. And the cost of living there is very cheap. I understand. But I look at that weather, and I'm like, don't. I'm like, don't complain. Don't complain. <laughs> because it could be 115 degrees outside right now. <laughs> so <laughs> don't complain. <laughs> I do wish I had air conditioning. But <laughs> same. Well, we've been we've talked about this. We don't neither one of us have air conditioning. Um, yeah. But yeah. The Arizona thing. Um, my dad used to say, if you move to the jungle, expect snakes. I know. <laughs> no, I know. And they they prepare. They have air conditioning, a pool, etc. But I still just think about that. I still just think about that as sort of like 
don't complain because you could go outside <laughs> and literally you have to treat your house like a bomb shelter like you only exit your house to go to your car where there's air conditioning and then you only exit yeah, your car and then, to go to a store where there's yeah. air conditioning air conditioning right but then like your steering wheels on fire and everything unless you have a garage but your car is parked it yeah so it's all yeah <laughs> so anyway enough about the sun the sun is the sun um i think this is episode five of the show i think mm-hmm. uh just beyond i think so maybe or six, six or seven <laughs> okay hang on we did the school one no we did the nightmare one hang on i can google the no face kid they call it a comedy series on on google well i'll tell you natalie sat down with me when i was watching it earlier it's a six it is episode six six. Mm -hmm. yeah she's she's 10 and in the beginning i was like oh it might be kind of spooky and then i was like oh wait it's not and then she was like what is the name of this so she's gonna trot off to her room and watch them all in secession. Oh, nice! Um, but yeah, it's well, at least totally she enjoyed not. it. She yeah. did, but only because this one was very like Disney teen movie, um, yeah, kind of a thing. Like, yeah, it's very up her alley. I have the girly girl. I have the tiger beat girl. I have, I have the let's go to Claire's and attitude and the whole bit yeah so this one was called so it was episode six and it is called we've got spirits i think is what it was called exactly we've got spirits and i was excited about it based on the title and then i was disappointed same (laughs) it was cute okay i'm gonna just give it away it was cute but the title is misleading you're, you're thinking one thing, and then you, yeah, it is was cute, though. So we start out, and we're, we're, we meet a, a girl, and she's in the car with her mom, and she looks very disinterested in what her mom is saying. So I placed her probably at a high school student. Did they say what grade they're in? I missed it. They, they didn't say. So. I didn't get the impression that they were seniors. I'm going to put her at about a no. sophomore. Yeah, Maybe. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And her she's got and some amazing overalls on. I love overalls. Yeah. I've, I've said this before. And this was not like, ooh, skinny jean overall. This was legit overalls. I was excited. Comfy. Yeah, could yeah. sleep in those. Comfy. Yeah. Um, and there's her mom and her in the car, and she's on her phone and not listening. And they are talking about her field trip today. Going to a historical theater, which is the Fox Theater. Why are all theaters called the Fox Theater that are old? Like, we have a Fox Theater that's old. There's so many of these. Like, we get a new name. It's just weird that they're all called the Fox Theater. Uh, sorry, I didn't uh, mean to interrupt. There's might be kind of a tangent-heavy episode because the episode on its own ain't super leggy. Um, but no. I just... When I see these old theaters, like, first of all, they're gorgeous. Yes, they are. They are beautiful. Um, And we love everything about them. Here's the problem, though. Um, Any theater that was built before, like, 1950 is a death Mm -hmm. trap. 
Um, <laughs> now there's codes and they've got to go back in and like redo some things and whatever. But for a long time, it was just about like the end result. It was like, yeah, a couple actors catch on fire. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, so when they were talking about this, like old theater and like the fire and stuff that you're about to tell us about, I couldn't help but flashback. I remember learning in, um, cause I was, a, I have a, uh, a BA in, uh, uh, like technical theater and we had to take like a lighting class. And I remember being taken backstage and told about how they basically used to have open live wires inside a metal box. And the way you would cue the lights would be like to stick in like a metal peg <laughs> onto this like open electric circuit. And like, you know, I guess you had special gloves or whatever uh, at the right mm-hmm. time in the right place to cue the right lights. But the whole thing was basically like just a big open death trap uh, for anybody that got pushed into it or any like. I don't know, fabric that may have haphazardly laid that, like, it's terrifying. So I love old theaters, but I always think about, like, wow, we might die today. That's why I was like, oh, he died in a fire, not shocked. Okay, anyway. Not shocked. We're jumping around. We're jumping around. So sorry, they're sorry. The they're talking about, okay, so they're going on a field trip, her class. I think it's like a drama class. I'm going to call it drama class. I don't know. It might be. It seems like it. Art class, drama class. The teacher said it's a performance class. Oh, well, we didn't have that. We're not. I don't know what that means. So, But like, yeah, it's a performance. I don't know what that means. I'm old. So performance class is going to an historical theater. Um, They kind of talk about it a little bit. They have some, her mom has some cute memory about her as a kid and going to see Annie. So they show old movies there, stuff like that. Um. So it's not like a, but it seems like they show movies, but it's also, or I'm sorry, not movies. They have like plays, not movies. I was thinking the, the movie Annie. It's an actual playhouse, not a movie theater. Um, and they're talking about this memory of her with her friend at the time, Zoe. There seems to be some angst there now. They are no longer friends. And I forgot to say that our main character's name is Ella and Ella does not want to talk about Zoe. Ella does not want to be friends with Zoe again. You can tell it's just like, nope, don't talk about it. She's dead to me. I'm dead to her. She got new friends kind of, kind of vibes. So they go to class and we learn that they have to do a performance piece and that, and the teacher explains it could be anything. It could be a song. It could be a dance. It could be, a puppet show, they have to just get up and perform something and it has to come from the heart and be soul bearing. And I'm like, these kids are like 14, like give them a break, but okay. Yeah, I thought (laughs) the same thing. I was like, calm down, lady. Like, what is it that you expect to happen today in performance class? Right. (laughs) Shakespeare ain't here. Right. That'd be my worst nightmare performance class, first of all. And then if my teacher is like, bare your soul to the kids who make fun of you. And I'm like, yes, yes. Well, that's something I did not understand about this was that um, she seems to have like a ton of anxiety about performing, about like she's being bullied by these other girls. There's no way this is a core class. She had to have signed up for this. 
I would think so. Unless this is like the new age, like Z, Z, Generation Z way of saying it's drama class is performance class. I, I guess. Like maybe drama is not a term anymore. Again, because I'm old. I don't know, but she's like, gosh, you know? do I have to do I have to do, you know, get up and do this? And the lady's like, it's a performance class. Yeah. She tries to get out of it at the end of class. Like, oh, can I just like write you something? Like something I would do. Be like, can I just like send you a note, a carrier pigeon? You know, and (laughs) I will write 15 pages if I do not have to do this. Yeah, I've I've done that deal. I've done it many times in my life. I'm like, what can I do for you? Want a whole book report in one night? You got it, my friend. <laughs> if I don't have to do something I don't want to do, what's the alternate assignment? Hell yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's always me. Um, <clears throat> so, but in the class, I think my favorite moment of the entire episode is the girl in class that I think her name is Sydney. <laughs> and she is going to do she turns to Ella out of nowhere and says she is going to do her performance about her turtle <laughs> I forgot the now but he oh tur- he's named Alan he's named it's Alan a. it's an A name it's Alan it's Alan after Alan Turing and if you don't know who Alan Turing is I will give you a two second description from the internet because I forgot to he invented something um but the fact that she is going to do that is amazing. Alan Turing is a mathematician and a computer scientist. And he is famous. He's basically developed like the computer, basically. Or the idea of the computer is Alan Turing. So, And probably more stuff. But she is going to do her performance piece about her turtle named Alan. And I'm like, this bitch is my friend. Because I would also do an interpretive dance something about my pet turtle. So I was like, I like her. I was hoping we were going to get more from Sydney down the road. We do not. But she, she's my favorite part of the episode. Just her right there. Because she's so bold about the idea. She's like, I love my idea. But yes. we see this character a lot in Goosebumps, actually. Um, yeah. She's, she's plucky and she's, you know, uh, energetic and she's friendly and she seems fucking fearless. Like, but she's also yeah. like kind of frizzy haired and like glasses wearing and, you know, like she's just right. kind of a she, has, she probably has no friends. Yeah. She probably has no friends. Or has like one, she has one friend, probably has one friend or no friends. But she walks around like she has 25,000 friends. I was going to say, she gives zero fucks about that. She's totally fine. I don't think her and Ella have any relationship at all because Ella looks at her like, why are you talking to me? Not in a mean way, but just in a like, who are you? Like, wait, why are you talking to me? It's not like we talk every day, you know, kind of, you don't get that vibe. Sydney's just like, I have to tell you this idea because I love it. And I'm so happy about it. And I knew girls like that. And I envied their confidence to this day because they just don't care. They're like, I look like an idiot and it's fine. And I never got that gene. I never did. So Sydney well, is the OG. you can the- tell that Sydney, Sydney does not care about being accepted. Like Ella keeps no. glancing at like all the other kids in class. You can tell like it's mm-hmm. very important for her to appear in a certain way. And Sydney's like, let me tell you about my turtle. Yes. 
So Sydney's great, and I wish we got more of her, but we do not. But re- I'm going to remember her forever. So she leaves an impression on your mind. <laughs> Sweet Sydney. So they exit class and go to the bus to go to the theater. They get there. They meet the tour guide. And he explains that there was a fire there in 1938. I forgot the number of people that died because I am a bad note taker. But a theater troupe that was, it was more than four. I think it was six. Oh, okay. There was, um, there was a, a group of actors who were there doing performance and they all perished. Um, they all died in the fire. So that is the story with them. And of course, the tour guide is like, Oh, there's, you know, of course the legend says that they their souls never left the place and they haunt it to this day and they want to find another soul to join their theater troupe and finish their play. And that's like his little cute story that he tells while he walks the kids around. And at this point, they're on the stage and the lights start to flicker and weird noises start happening, but they show us behind the curtain that it's another tech at the theater. So this is obviously some cutesy little haunted house type thing they do with the tours. Like they lean into this haunted history, which is cute. So we learned that. And the tour guide starts to like, I think he, he finds on the piano that, Oh, it's the script from their play. Does anybody want to read it and see if we can get the ghosts to come out? And who, who raises their hand of course. to be like, <laughs> my best friend in the whole world, Sydney. She's right there in the front. Like, yes, I will do it. I will do it. <laughs> so she's right there in the front and she's like me. And then the teacher, no one else raises their hand. And so the teacher notices Ella way in the back. And because, not sorry, the teacher, the tour guide. And because people are assholes, they pick on the kid in the back. And so Ella read the, in the room. back and the teacher, read the room. Teachers, parents, people of authority like to pick on the kids in the back, and I will never understand why. And it's like they don't want to be called on. There is a reason. A shirt that's like, I don't need personal growth. Leave me yes. alone. I am not a plant. Thank you. I'm good. Uh, so and Ella's like, I got to go to the bathroom and just bolts. Like, I don't know where she's going, but she's like, I'm out. She's not doing it. She's a girl after my own heart because I'd say the same thing. I have to barf something. You wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it. Ghost or not. I'd be like, nope, bye. I can't keep a straight face. Um, who's it? Uh, Sarah, my friend Sarah, she does the, uh, the Homance Chronicles podcast. She can tell you with a dead ass straight face that she has to poop and I can't do it. I've tried. Her advice is to, to practice on your family and friends and it's not working. Like I can't, I will, I crack every time. Try it. Go, go try to tell somebody, look at them straight in the eyes and tell them very calmly without smiling, without smiling. I have to poop. Oh, I know. I know. I can't. I can get away with saying I have to be sick because I am sick a lot, like stomach ache sick. So it's very easy for me to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling well, or like I have a stomach ache, you know, that kind of thing, and not get into the gory details, people believe me. But I, yeah, I can't say I have to poop with a straight face. <laughs> I think that's how she used to get into like 
bars and clubs and stuff, if there was a line, she'd walk straight up to the oh. bouncer and look at him in the face and go, I have to poop. Can I come in? <laughs> and usually hey, they laugh know, and let them works. in. Yeah. <laughs> They laugh or they're like so awkwarded out. They're like, okay, fine, whatever. (laughs) If there's ever a guy, you just say you have your period and you're in anywhere. You're in anywhere. It's worse because she's really pretty. (laughs) So so just imagine, like complete stone face. Yeah. Okay. So she bolts, she's out of there and she just – I don't know where she is in the theater, but she finds a couch somewhere. It kind of looks like maybe the lobby, not the lobby, but maybe one of the other, like where, you know, in a theater, they'll have seating areas, you know, but so that's kind of looks like where she was, but she finds a couch, she gets back on her phone and nobody goes and looks for her, which is hilarious. Home alone. It's a home alone situation. Just to interject, so like w- what they show is like the ladies doing the head count as the kids are leaving, which is bullshit because we mm-hmm. all know you wait till everybody's on the bus because yeah. the distance from the door to the bus, you could lose somebody. We don't know, so you In always a wait to the bus. Yeah, there's a bathroom. Exactly. Right. Uh huh. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask about: Did you notice that like it's a beautiful old theater? It has an Egyptian theme. And for a yes, second, I, I thought we were going to go in that direction. Because mm-hmm. they really kind of play that I up with some, that. like, long shots of, like, mm-hmm. the various decor and Egyptian-type stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I did notice that. Wherever they shot it, it was a cool place. I hope you, I think it's real. I don't know. but um, So, yeah, it's a, it's now Home Alone. And so they get on the bus. Like Christy said, the teacher is doing the head count just like the McAllisters when with the wrong time when they're outside of the van. And we don't know how to count. And we're missing Ella. So Ella is still is now trapped, quote unquote trapped in the theater. And some hours go by and she wakes up on the couch where she was because she fell asleep. And is like, oh shit, my phone's dead and I'm stuck here now. And she kind of hears some weird noises, like nothing super obvious, but kind of some like kind of whooshing sounds and like sort of disquieting noises. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then instead of like, I don't remember if she goes to the door. I th- oh, she does because she gets to the chandeliers. And that's kind of the first weird thing that happens is the big chandelier, one of them starts swaying very obviously like someone is moving it, not like a draft and it's kind of blowing, but like very obvious, like pendulum, you know, swinging on the chandelier. And instead of still just banging on the door to high heaven, trying to find a phone, something, she starts to go wandering around the theater, which... I guess you might do, but it was still sort of a very lackadaisical way of approaching the fact that my whole entire class left me. (laughs) It depends on how concerned she is. Um, Yeah. Because we got in the car on the way to school, we learned that mom and dad both have to work late. Yes, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Mom said something about, you know, you're going to have to get yourself dinner. So nobody even knows that she's missing, right? 
Right. So my, I think my first concern, because I'm a chubby kid, is like, well, what am I going to eat? <laughs> right? There's no, no, it's not the vending machine kind of place. Uh, maybe they do have a snack bar, but I'm sure all that shit's locked up somewhere. Um, but I think I would look around. I think I would try to find a, a like a side exit or a fire exit or even a window I could get out of. Yeah, I would look around if I realized I had no other option. Like, well, I'm fucking stuck. Someone I would definitely look for a phone, like for an office or yeah, something. Yeah, I would look for a phone, a security guard, a security office, like you said, a window, a door. Like, I wouldn't immediately just go to tourists, you know? Right. I would do a little bit of panicking first and then have the realization come of like, all right, well, you're in an enclosed space. You're not on the street. And somebody will come for you in the morning when they come open up the building, you know? So, yeah, food and stuff, but they have a bathroom. So if you had to, you could drink faucet water. You know, there may be even be a water fountain. You're, you have water, you know. So you're not completely in the worst place in the world to be. Go sleep on the couch. Go back to sleep. <laughs> you know? I think I would be yelling and stuff, too, though, to make sure I was the only yeah. one there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I would do a little bit more panicking, finding my way out first, and then settle into, well, I'm stuck. You know, if there's no, if there's no obvious, I'm getting out of here, you know, <clears throat> but she doesn't really do that. She kind of just goes for the door and then I guess sort of gets distracted by the chandelier doing its thing and swinging and then starts to wander around and explore. Um, I forgot where she was. I think she's kind of walking around. They don't really have a very, it's not, it's not really a good sense of the layout of the place. So she's just walking around and then she starts to hear the whooshing sounds and more noises again. And then she sees kind of this blue light and it passes through her, which turns out to be a ghost. And as we thought, it is a ghost of one of the acting troupe that died in the fire. And She's, of course, like freaking out because there's a room of six ghosts and she's like, what the fuck's going on? Now she starts to panic a little bit and she, but then they kind of start to calm her down, but not before it starts to sound like they want to transform her into one of them when in fact they just want to teach her how to be an actor. And they make fun of the tour guide a little bit because they're like, yeah, that stupid story. You know, we don't want to transform anyone into one of us. We just want to actually finish our play. So we want, (laughs) we need an actor. We need somebody who's going to help us finish it, not necessarily be a ghost. So they're kind of in on the joke of the whole place. They know they're the butt of the joke, which I kind of thought was cute. Um, Oh, yeah. And it sort of reminded me, it reminded me a little bit of the very old Tower of Terror movie with Steve Guttenberg and Kristen Dunst, by the way. <laughs> I was kind of getting those that. vibes a little bit. Oh my God, it's so good. I unfortunately don't think it's on Disney Plus, which is a sin because it is fantastic. But <sighs> like I will say, it made, I know, it made me mad though. Okay, this is a tangent, but it's a Disney tangent. It made me mad because I watched that movie before going to Walt Disney World and my parents were like, you're going to like Tower of Terror, you're going to be fine. And I was like, yeah, I like this movie. It's great. I get on the fucking ride and I almost die. So that movie is a gateway drug to thinking you can handle that ride and you can't because the movie's all nice and like whatever. No, 
no, no. I have vetoed that ride for my entire family. I don't do drop rides. And it's a good thing I don't because last summer, did I tell you about this when we went to Glenwood Springs? Uh, Mm -hmm. Glenwood Springs has the Glenwood Springs Adventure Park. Okay. It's like a very small amusement park that is way up on top of the mountain. You have to ride a scary ass gondola to get there. Um, But they have one of those alpine slide things, which is like a coaster on a track um, that goes like down the mountain and then like hauls you back up. Super fun. But then they've got like all these other rides they've like kind of packed in there to like make it more of a thing um and they have a drop light ride like that like tower of terror it's like the, oh. it's like a mine shaft it goes down into the mountain um, uh yeah no and we were there i think three days after we were there you have to sign a release form okay to go into this to be on the ride no, to, to enter the park. Okay. Oh, God. That, that says if you die, you can't sue us, kind of a thing. Um, so, good time. So, we all signed the release, and here we go. Good luck, everybody. But I said no for the drop ride because my kids wouldn't enjoy it, anyways. Three days after we were there, the teenager who was running the ride did not check mm-hmm. everyone's seatbelts. And there was a six year old girl there that did not have hers on. And she died. Oh, Lord. She died she after died? the first drop. The first drop, she died. She had no seatbelt on. She hit her head or something, I'm guessing. She was thrown out oh, of like... the ride. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, died. I bet they're like, sued, sued now forever. Oh, my God. I don't know. When we walked, when, uh, when we drove by there the other weekend when we were camping, they were building a new mm-hmm. roller coaster. So maybe... Maybe that waiver is legit. Like, I don't yeah, know. But if they didn't touch your seatbelt, I don't know. I don't do drop rides. And then, like, that confirmed it for me. Yeah, so unfortunately, I confirmed that Tower of Terror is not on Disney+. Plus, But it apparently was the first film ever to be based on a Disney theme park attraction. And it came out in 1997. And it is absolutely a fantastic, like, OG, good, old Disney movie like that when they were still good, you know? And it's such a bummer because it is so good. I don't know why you can't find it anywhere. Maybe it's on YouTube or something. But this episode was giving me that vibe a little bit, obviously, with the ghosts and stuff. So it was giving me that vibe a little bit. Not in the same, like, well-done way. But that scene with her meeting the ghosts um, reminded me of that a little bit. Because they're in on it, in on the joke about themselves. So basically, like I was saying, that they want to finish the show. And the main, like, I would say the leader of the group is Vivian. And she assigns the role of Agnes to a very reluctant Ella who's like, why? What am I doing? Why am I here? What am I doing this for? And basically, their whole thing is the show must go on. It ha- we have to finish. But they don't really say why, but we can all kind of infer because we're adults that if they finish, they will probably be set free, right? Because they're stuck there. They're in limbo land. So if they can finish the show, maybe their spirits will be able to be set free. That was my inference. That's kind of what I think. So they're on the stage 
and Ella is running her lives with them, but she is just not given anything. She's just basically reading like I'm reading to you <laughs> right now. She's not Hello. any emotion. My yeah. name is insert name here. How are you yeah. today? <laughs> exactly. So she's just like literally reading like, hello. And Vivian, of course, all these people are like 19, you know, they were the 30s, right? Like 1930s actors. So they're very flamboyant and very like, what? You're doing it wrong. And of course, Vivian is like, oh my gosh, you have to project. You have to let them hear you, you know, hear you in the nosebleeds. And she's getting annoyed with with Ella. And then at one point, she like possesses her to possesses Ella to show her how it's done. And that just pisses Ella off like it would anyone because she's like, what are you doing? Like, you can't possess people. That's not very nice. (laughs) Yeah, because it would be too much effort just to like show her with your hands, bitch. (laughs) Actors. And then all of a sudden, they're kind of going back and forth. They're arguing and they argue a lot. I forgot to mention. Her and the other, there's a male ghost character. I forgot his name. He, she, he and Vivian argue pretty much the entirety of the episode. This group just bickers. And that's just what they did. They like to bicker. And that is, you know, you have actors and they're all like pompous and they just like to bicker. So they argue a lot. And that comes into play later. Um, so they're running these lines. Ella's not into it. And then they hear a bell and the wind picks up. And then out of nowhere, a giant blue, like, skull comes down <laughs> and rushes the stage. It's and very, we learn. very Ghostbusters, too. <laughs> very Ghostbusters, yeah. And we learned that the ghost troop calls this the critic. And it's basically just destroying the stage, making a mess. And they're like, why is it back? So I guess it hadn't appeared in a while. And they only assume it's because Ella is here and reading lines or just because there's a new presence in the place. So this is another presence that haunts the building. Yeah, this Um, is our villain. This is our, uh, this is the reason the ghosts Mm -hmm. can't finish the play, right? Yeah. So they all determine, you know what? We don't want to see the critic anymore. We got to get Ella out of here because the critic is bothering us too. So let's all work together to get Ella out of here. And they start thinking, do you know, she starts asking the ghosts, oh, do you know if there's like a, you know, another door, a basement, etc." And then she remembers that at the beginning of the tour, the tour guide made a point to tell them, oh, on such and such floor, you can see a copy of the original blueprints of the theater. And you should go check them out. So she remembers that. They go up to the blueprints. They're behind glass. And they're like, oh, no, we can't see them. We can't read them very well behind the glass. Luckily for them, there is a do not touch in case of an emergency axe (laughs) right nearby them. An axe. (laughs) And Ella breaks the glass. Not in any kind of context, but like an axe (laughs) on a hook. Axe on a hook, yep. And she has this cute little moment where she, like, does a bad thing and breaks the glass. And she's like, oh, that felt good. And it was, like, really stupid, but it was kind of cute, too, because you could tell, like, she's always good and there was anything wrong. And this was, like, her moment to be, like, quote-unquote bad, even though she was just trying to (laughs) save herself. Um, So they take the blueprints and they go looking around the lower floor, and they look for a fire escape 
and they think they found something. And then the one of the younger ghosts, one of the younger boy ghosts in the in the troop, talks, starts kind of making friends with Ella because they seem to be about the same age, or so it seems like. And they're talking to each other, and he tells her about what happened to this girl in the group named Dolores, who was kicked out by Vivian. And it seems to be a point of contention and drama amongst them. And this is who had the part of Agnes and who Ella is in place of tonight and why they couldn't finish the play because Dolores was kicked out. So that's the real reason they couldn't finish the play is because there was this drama there with this girl. And I immediately thought Dolores must be a critic. Same. I figure she's yeah. the haunted theater. Yeah. So that was my thought. <clears throat> then, where are we? My notes are a mess. <laughs> we just found out about Dolores. Yes. That's all they really talk about her, right? Basically, Vivian didn't like her. She was kicked out. That's really all they say. They don't give a whole lot of they they had some kind of a you know tiffy tip tip. Vivian is the um she's the sunset boulevard bitch. Um Yes. <laughs> she, you know, she's ready for her close-up, Mr. DeVille. Or whatever. Yes, like definitely. she everything is huge and overacted and mm-hmm. she thinks a lot of herself. And you can tell she's she's kind of in charge. So like I could see her like ordering someone else off the stage and everybody pretty much knows that like she was actually kind of intimidated by this other character this other ghost um she's mm-hmm. this like talented gorgeous black woman like younger. yeah much mm-hmm. younger yeah. like yeah so i think that that's what it was like they had some kind of a fight or something and vivian being vivian was like well then you should just leave whatever because that makes that opens the attention back up to her I feel like this other lady was probably drawing a lot of attention. Yeah, that's a good assessment. So they're talking about this and then they, something turned off. I forgot what it was. Like, I think the lights, the lights start doing the flickering thing again. And then the slushy machine is oozing. Kind of just weird stuff starts to happen. And Ella is sitting in a chair. And one of the better moments of the show is like she's sitting in this chair and then like this creepy blue hand like comes out of the chair and like grabs her face. That was like legitimately kind of like a creepy moment. I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Like I, that one got me. I wasn't expecting that one. And we don't know what the blue hand is. It was just like, you know, this hand. We assume it's the critic, you know. The fire escape door we thought they found, turns out it's just a brick behind it. There's nothing there. So it was a dead end. <clears throat> Well, because she else. opens the door and then the on the bricks, it's carved out, please stop. Oh, that's what I had a note about the please stop. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think I said a voice said it, but you're right. It was a carving. And I nobody knows what that means. Ella doesn't know what that means. So we don't know what it means either. Stop what? <laughs> stop this episode. Just kidding. Um They all split up into two and the boy ghost that's similar age to her goes off with Ella and they start to tell, he starts to talk to her more about, I'm sorry, Ella starts talking to him more about her relationship with Zoe because they get into this conversation about his friend that he had 
and that it was kind of similar. They had a falling out and don't talk anymore and so on and so forth. And then Zoe decides to kind of open up a little bit and that we learn that she and Zoe liked to sing together. And they, since they were little, you know, they would sing popular songs. Then and then they started writing their own songs and they were getting really good at it. And they just loved to sing. That was their thing to do. Then at one, at some point, Zoe meets this new friend. I don't think we ever learned the new friend's name, but she meets this new friend. And of course, Ella's a little hurt, you know, hurt by this. And Ella ends up writing a song for Zoe, kind of explaining her feelings. And she gives it to Zoe in confidence. And then the next day, Turns out that Zoe shared this, you know, very personal song with this this new group of friends and with everyone. And and they, in turn, shared it with school. And she's basically now the laughing stock of the school. Well, she she made her a video. Yeah. Was it a video or was it just a song? Yeah. No, she made her a video. So she she wrote the song and then she recorded herself singing it. Oh, and sent cool. it like to YouTube, her, probably or something. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sent it to her, and then when she gets to school the next day, like she realizes everybody's watching this like video of her and this very like personal song, yeah. and everybody's mm-hmm. like laughing at her. Yeah, I don't. Yes. It was. I don't. Yeah. I guess like singing was their thing because I was trying to understand this this choice. Well, from like her. she said, that's what they did. That's what they did is they wrote songs together, sang together. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like anytime I'm watching a movie or like even even karaoke and someone's about to get up and sing, like I get tension in my neck because I have that thing of yeah, like embarrassment like by proxy. So anytime, unless it's like I'm prepared and it's a musical and there's singing involved in a show, I have anxiety about that because I'm going to feel embarrassed for them and I realized like okay wait a minute this is Disney so she's gonna have some pipes she's I mean she's not gonna sound bad like I'm preparing myself right and then she comes out with this shit about yeah we wrote our own songs I'm like oh god it like makes it worse it's like it's like a it's like a double like we're gonna have to listen to the emo songwriting but again it's Disney so it can't be that bad so this whole time like she starts because I know where this is going the whole time she starts talking yeah. about like, oh, we run around. So-. Like, I'm like, oh, God, they're going to sing. They did sing, but it wasn't too long and drawn out. At least. It, was it wasn't. Little- it wasn't. I was ready short for little- like a full acoustic <laughs> set. I was like, uh. <laughs> um, okay. So they have that little moment. She sings a little bit of the song and, you know, they share the fact they both feel that they're stuck in limbo. You know, Ella can't move on from this traumatic thing that happened to her and the ghosts are trapped where they are. So they kind of have, a, they share that in common. <clears throat> so as a little bonding moment, he decides to tell her or take her to where the master key for the theater is. So all this time, there was a hidden key to get out. And nobody told her because they liked having this new friend around. And Ella honestly wasn't that upset. She was kind of like, well, why didn't you tell me? That's kind of shitty. But didn't like, you know, scream at them like I would. I would have been like, fuck y'all. I'm leaving. 
but she didn't. She was very nice about it and was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. So they, you know, say their goodbyes. They start to leave, at, you know, in the lobby. And then she kind of takes this long look at the pictures of the actors who passed that are on the wall and looks at Doris again. And she kind of just like longingly looks at it. And, you know, she says goodbye to them again, thanks them, you know, for being nice to her, etc. And then that wind comes again and all of the pictures fall off of the wall, except for Dolores. And then we see another carving in the wall again. And I forgot exactly what it said, but it was another like, please stop something. I please stop exactly fighting or can't it's like can't we please stop oh, yeah. fighting it was the line that that oh yeah she was oh, trying yeah. to get I out that i'm sorry bad notes they end up back at the stage somehow and i forgot how but they end up back on the stage the line is carved into the wall and then there's like in the lobby there's like a like a mini earthquake right like the the earth in the lobby, like kind of bottoms out. So there's it becomes this like trench thing between like her and the way back to the stage. And all the ghosts um, like get lifted into the air and sucked back in the direction of the stage. So she's got a choice to make now. Like she's got the key, she's at the door, she can leave, or she can hop this trench and go to oh. the stage. To help her ghosty friends. And she's just like, yep, fuck it. I'm going to go help these ghosts. And she does this beautiful little leap over the trench and like hauls ass into the theater. Got it. You were smart. I forgot that part. No, I just watched it like a couple hours ago. (laughs) So basically after all that, we learn that Dolores also died in the fire. I don't think they were in the same like room. But she did also die in the fire. So she, and basically we go back to that story about Vivian again. And like we all assumed, you know, Vivian was threatened by her just because she was beautiful and young and, you know, could be the next, the next big thing. And that's why she threw her out. But, and we finally realize that she is officially the critic because at this point we only see her in her skull form But Ella talks to her and explains, you know, you have to let go. Can't hold on to this forever. You know, we have to move on, let go of the baggage, let go of the drama. And then at that point, she kind of gets through to her and her skull form turns into her real ghost form. That's when we see Dolores for the first time. And... They all say, Vivian finally says a real I'm sorry which for, we know it further buries the hatchet and they decide to finish their play and Ella's in the audience and watches and gives them a standing ovation. And like I thought much earlier, this sets them free. So they are now free. Their souls are not trapped in this place anymore because they finished the play. And at this point we see that Ella's parents and a security guard have come and they're all very excited and happy to see her. And the next morning, she's back at school. It's performance day. And she chooses to do a song, of course. (laughs) And it's a very nice, pretty song. It didn't go on forever, luckily. And the class gets involved a little bit. We see Zoe crack a smile. So we end it with the potential that maybe 
they could be friends again. And that's the end of it, right? Did I miss anything? No, that's it. That was that was I, it. And that was it. Okay. So it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was kind of just it was squarely it was squarely in the middle for me. I'm leaning towards the extra tropey. It's probably my least favorite so far. Yeah, I would say it's the lower end of the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seemed like filler. Yeah. Like, it's it's not anything we haven't seen before. Um, it's It was highly predictable. The little characters were really cute, but that's because the actors did a good job. Um, it's just my least favorite. I mean, it was it was cute, I guess. But I didn't get that mm-hmm. feeling. Like it felt. It, that's why Natalie liked it is because it felt like another <laughs> Disney movie, right? Like a a, a Disney yeah. teen mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I got no horror vibes. I got no creepy vibes. This was like straight up. Could have been like after school kind of a scenario. Like which is fine. I don't. I'm not shitting on that. I like that stuff. I watch it with sis all the time. But. Why put it here? Yeah. Because even the lamest stuff that we've talked about thus far, the ones that we didn't like very much, we still had that vibe going. Like, we were still solidly in our genre. And this was just totally out of place. Yeah. That's just what I thought. It's true. No, I get I. I agree it's, with it's you. It's probably a like a three out of ten for me. Yeah, I would say that's fair. It was definitely to be so close to the end of the season. There's like two. There's only two episodes left. It was a weaker one that I think could have been more toward the beginning. But then it's kind of I guess if you're if you're binging it, then it's better as at the end because you're not like oh this is lame, you know, like right out the gate. So. It's... Well, but try to just try to think about though, like where we came from in the first episode. Uh huh. When we were so excited, very yeah, and, very and, and happy, and like, and even though like it may not have been what we thought, like it definitely had a vibe, right? And then mm-hmm. when you sit this one next to it, it's like it's just totally yeah. out of place. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Not bad. Just I not... really liked. I really liked the last one, which was like the one about the self-esteem one or whatever. But I really liked that. Like I thought that was cool and different and a really good message. And it was creepy because that's it's like it, real life creepy. It was absolutely you know? within the vibe. We had the gin. We had horrific things happening. Yeah. There was real mm-hmm. consequences for our main character. Uh, we mm-hmm. felt danger. I never felt danger. No. This was just very, it was just a very, like, after school special. Yeah, like, it was just it's very moral, happy. You know, a morality. Yeah. Like, it was just a morality story of, like, let go of your baggage. It's like, okay, Rafiki, we got it. The past we is in the past. We got it. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, yeah. I wish we had gotten more from it. But it was still cute. The ghosts were cute. I did like the ghosts. They were cute. Um, the setting was cute. And, yeah, we have two more episodes left. And we'll just see if they get any better. <laughs> yeah, we needed that that 
ain't danger element for sure. Because I was just trying to think yeah. back about like to the goosebumps that we've covered, and even in the ones that are like more mild and like more of a story about the character, we still feel in, like shit could yeah. happen. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like I said, there was never any danger of her being in the theater. She could just go to sleep somewhere, and security would come for her in the morning. Yeah. Or whatever. The tour guide the tour guide would find her when he opened the theater the next morning, right? So even though she was trapped in there with no food, she still had water. You can survive the night without food. You know, you'll be okay. So there was never really any danger from the outset. Like, if they had recreated the fire, like, that would have been cool. Like, that would have been interesting. If they had recreated the fire and had a small fire happen, or a fake fire even, to scare her or, you know, scare the ghost from helping her because they're afraid of the fire and now they can't help her. She's like, nope, we can't. We're scared. You know, something, something like that, like a bigger consequence than just we have to let our past be the past. <laughs> I think <laughs> That's it's really all there was. we had some like squandered potential there as well, because think about mm-hmm. how terrifying it would be to be alone in a place like that at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we had a lot of opportunities. Like, I get it if you want to make this whole thing a thing, but you did have this, like, darker ghost character. We could have done yeah. something there. I don't know. Like, Anyways. Yeah. No, I get yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of a bummer of an episode. But it hopefully, was. hopefully Natalie likes the show, and then we got a fan. <laughs> well, right. She can't listen to our show, but she can watch that show. Um, (laughs) yeah no i already get in trouble for cussing in the car i don't want to hear it mom i could see her like playing playing it at maybe like you don't eat you like yeah it would be a problem um (laughs) can we take a few minutes to get your general general review of the new Stranger Things. Is this going to be part of the show? <laughs> yes. Stranger Things tangent. Oh. For a few minutes okay. before we close out the show. Because um, I feel like it's relevant. Sort of. Um, relevant. And I, I um, also just want to know what you thought. I I, I may be in the minority. Because everybody loves season three. But this is my favorite season. Hands down. I could watch this every day, like a long movie. And I think it's because it has the horror element, which none of the other seasons had. Sure, they're a little scary. So dark. But but I was never really like, I was like, sure, the Demogorgons were ugly and like whatnot, whatever. But I was never like legitimately terrified. Like that, if that thing scares me, like that isn't, that's like Vecna's nightmare fuel. Like that is scary. So whoever designed him, give them all the flowers in the world and all the props in the world, because that is an amazing character design, even if the show sucked. But that character design is unlike anything that horror has seen in a long time. And it's not talked about enough. And it's like, whoever did the props, that makeup department needs to win Oscars because it is beautiful. And they just put out like, certain recent shots, I think like behind the scenes footage of Jamie Campbell Bauer, like putting on the prosthetics and it's amazing it that is he full was even body. in there. Like, it is full I didn't body. realize he was in there. 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, it was him in there. Because <laughs> yeah. the voice is, you know, so different. But yeah, I think it's my favorite season. Obviously, I miss the kids when they were little because they were so cute <laughs> when they so were cute. little. But I think my biggest gripe about this season, and this is spoilers sort of, if for people who haven't watched it, so I'll give it a moment. Yeah, if you have not watched Stranger Things season four, please turn (laughs) off the podcast because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. So my biggest disappointment, which is a very small nitpicky disappointment, is why are they pushing Steve and Nancy back together? I'm like, what is this? Like, it's not needed. It's just not needed. Am I the only one who doesn't like Nancy? No, I hate Nancy. I've never never liked Nancy. No, I have never been a Nancy supporter. That girl needs to eat food, first of all, in her real life, in the show. I'm like, you have a medical condition, woman. You are so small. Like, I can't. Well, and then Jonathan always looks like a fucking zombie. Yes, they're they're a perfect real life couple, which they are really together. They are perfect because they look like the walking dead. So they're perfect. But I've never liked Nancy. I've never been a Nancy supporter since I the just, very beginning. I, I've Steve never. deserves better. Steve deserves so much better. And she just deserves to be alone. Like, she needs to go off to college, do her own thing, be a stuck-up bitch somewhere else. Like, that's what she needs to do. And Jonathan wants to stay with his family, and he has every right to want to do that. He wants to take care of his mom and his brother. You know, that's his journey. And I think that's appropriate for his character because he's trying to be a dad. You know, I get it. He's trying to be dad in that relationship. And that's fine. And Nancy needs to go and explore the world and get out of Hawkins because she's too big in her own mind for Hawkins. And that's fine. But the fact they're pushing the two of them back together, if they end up endgame at the end of this whole thing, I'm going to be pissed about it. Because I don't think their journeys mesh. I really don't think so. I really don't. They were bad together when Steve. Yeah. It wouldn't have been so difficult to get him a decent character. I understand that like they were trying to like fake us out with Robin in season three. I get that. But. I love Robin. (laughs) Steve is just so laid back. Like he, he likes Hawkins. He. Yeah. He likes his friends. Like, he would be happy to stay there and hang out and do things and whatever. Like, I don't know. I am I was also annoyed with that because she and Jonathan are still together. Um, Yeah, she and Jonathan are still together in their weird way. But even when they, even when Steve and Nancy were first together, they were bad together. Yeah. They were genuinely together. I mean, it was super toxic. Steve, was, Steve hadn't grown and was an asshole, so we can give Steve a pass a little bit because he hadn't grown into the Steve he is now. But they were not meant to be together. She was, he's, I was out of her league then. He went, you know, was with her for whatever reason. I don't really know what the connection is there. I never got. I don't, we're so in love. Like, are I they never, doing it? I never. Got. Are they doing it on purpose? Because, like, you ever have those, like, friends that you, like, in a friend group, like, there's that one person that you, like, Mm -hmm. you love them. They are amazing. Like, they are the best person ever. And Mm -hmm. they are blindly in love with this other person that kind of sucks. 
And yeah. th- it doesn't matter, like, what you tell them or what, it, like, you, you, no one understands right. the attraction. Like, are they doing this on purpose because that's realistic? Mm-hmm. I, I, I have this horrible fear it's because Steve is going to die. And yeah, maybe. they're setting up they're setting up this like big, you know, I'm yeah. on my deathbed, I love you, or because when we leave off the season, is Nancy still on the upside down when they do the flip thing, mm-hmm. like how she's supposed to go back? No, they, like, they all stuck. they all come out. Oh wait. They all come out. She I was, thought Nancy she, No, she's Beckna got her. Yeah, she's with Barb, right? But did they and they like she was seeing Barb again, right? And Beckna got out? her. But I can't remember if they got her out. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know. I'm gonna have but, to go back and re- and refresh. Yeah. But either way, I have my friend and I have this fear that's because Steve's going to die and it's going to be saving her, and it's yeah. gonna be this like I love you so much. I've loved you forever. I'll love you forever. You know, moment. And I don't want Steve to die for her. <laughs> I'd rather him, if he's gonna die, I want him to die for the kids. Like I don't yeah, want him to die. I can for see her. him doing that shit though. Like I yeah, can see that being would. a move. Um, uh-huh. I personally, I, I every time there was a classic horror movie reference, I like did a little happy dance, right? Like, oh, me too. I was um, like, hey. yes, like we got we got the Camp Crystal Lake, we got the Carrie reference, we got uh, immediately we got Nightmare on Elm Street, and then um, and Hellraiser, oh God, a, and Hellraiser, yeah, like, and you were talking about like the design. The design is amazing, amazing like said, in this season. Every frame so can be taken cool. apart and like stand alone as its own like graphic novel scene like yeah there's so little like with horror designs lately i haven't really been impressed with like anything in terms of like character or creature design and like i said i'm like whoever drew him up out of their sick little brain is amazing because so good there is really nothing i mean i mean and i i read i mean i read fangoria all the time i watch blogs all the time i try some independent horror when i can like the last great design that I saw was Psycho Goreman and that was like a silly movie but the design in that at least was memorable <laughs> and you know I was like wow that's amazing Other I'm trying than to that, think about the no, last time we had a like a cinematic really feeling like cool creatures and our cool characters I mean I know it's not really of the time right now it's all serial killers and you know very like everyone looks normal you know type things or or it's full on creature. And then even then the creatures are done bad. And it's like, they're shitty, you know? And for me, that was it. And like, you sold me once I saw him. And I avoided the trailers on purpose because I didn't want to be spoiled by too much. So seeing him for that first, in that first episode, I was like, I'm done. Like, this will be the season I watch forever because yeah. the other ones are great. The show on the whole is great. It's had ups and downs, but my hatred for Billy took me so out of season three. I was like, oh, I hate see, this I, man. I loved Billy as a character. I did. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. He like, yeah. But did you was, love him big, to hate? Him or did you, yes, yeah. I did. He was big, giant douche in the best way. Like, the, the, he had an earring that looked like a knife. Like, I mean, come on, it was great. Um, 
But no, he, this, he he played he played himself well because I hated him so much. I don't want to revisit that season ever. And because I love Max, like Max is right. like my baby. Like I love her. She reminds me a lot of me. And so I'm like, Max is my girl. And I was like, stop fucking with her. And so I think because I was so, I hated Billy <laughs> so much. I was just like, season three was good. I loved it. Of course, there are moments like the ice cream store and like all of that. But I got taken out of so much of it because I was so irritated at Billy. <laughs> right. And he, that's how good he was. Because my yeah. brain was like, I fucking hate you. Like, I can't even. It's like my friend and I can't watch a whole couple seasons of The Office because we hate Karen so much. And it's like, you ruined that show, Karen. Like, you ruined it. And it's because she was so... And there's no reason to hate her. Jim and Pam were broken up. But you hate her. And I was like, I'm done. And that's what Billy is for me. Billy is another another Karen. Just like no, well, but back to your point about the about the the creature. Like I'm sitting here thinking about it. I don't know that we've had anything that could stand up next to Vecna. No, since like I said, look up Psycho Gorman. Like it's a different budget, obviously, but it's a memorable what, design. What year? You would remember. It just came out in 20, 2020 or twenty twenty one. It was a small, small even, indie. Film. I can't even place <laughs> like. And maybe it's because I just haven't been watching as much horror lately, but like my mind immediately went to Jeepers Creepers. Yep. Jeepers Creepers is a classic good design. That was a great one. That's a memorable one. Yeah. But look up Psycho Gorman. Like I said, the budget is different. The budget is small, but it's a memorable design. You were like, ew, he's gross. And like the movie is a more of a a horror comedy kind of sci-fi movie. So it's not the same vibes at all. But in terms of just like what, what the creature shop was able to do and the prosthetics and stuff were very good. And I was like, wow, well, that but was that's really good because they didn't, they went practical effects. Mm-hmm. And that's we didn't what get us. We still had the, the CGI, but like when it came mm-hmm. to Vecna, he was head to toe practical effects. Right. Psycho. Except for his. Psycho yeah. man. And they were smart. Like I said, if they can win an Oscar, they can't. I think they can win Emmys. But whoever, whoever they, whatever they can win. Oh, wow. Yeah, that he looks great. Right? He's and it's a memorable like a design. Cool little mm-hmm. bat. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool. It's a very stupid movie. It's very silly. But it looks dumb. There's a little girl in the movie. There's a little girl in the movie that I feel like would be if Natalie met that character because she's just like, I'm cooler than you. <laughs> Sassafras. Like, yeah. Kill it with sass. sass. Yes. Um, and can we she talk just, about. Like, his, like, I'll say it really quick, but she take she has this basically she has control over Psycho Gorman. And so this little girl who's just like Sassafras. You know, like, and she's like, just like, haha, I have control over you. And like, can do, make him do like stupid shit. And it reminds me of like what Natalie would do if she had, oh, if yeah, she had she, a sex- She never takes the sexy <laughs> pants off. Like they're on no. full, full yeah. all the time. Uh, yeah. Let's, can we talk real quick about Susie? Susie. Why is my brain not remembering who Susie is? Dusty's ultra religious hacking girl. <laughs> no, can we talk about Cornelius <laughs> and her 
your family. That's what, like, I'm like, what's going on here? It's like, first of all, what religion is this? I'm very confused. Yeah, they have to be Mormon. I think are they're they, though? Because, like, the two kids are well, shooting are some, like, kind of, like, gore scene. Like, the one kid's well, a doctor. I mean, they are in Utah. So yeah, that's true. I don't know. No offense to you, Utah, the other two. But when you put Utah together and like 30 kids, and I'm like, are they their kids? And I'm, I'm assuming they are all their children. I'm assuming. It's not a daycare, as far as I can tell. So, oh my God. That yeah, was the but weirdest like, Their scene. parents are like, nowhere. Because then her sister was talking about like dad. how Susie wasn't mm-hmm. pulling her weight watching the kids. It's Just like, now, that. wait a minute. <laughs> what? Yeah. The dad, the dad is locked in his office. So, but you know, that's, the mom? that's also very indicative of the 80s. Like, the first two oh, yeah. mm-hmm. raise the rest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love her. I hope we get more Susie. I read, <laughs> I read a, an interesting theory, and then we won't, we'll have to stop or we'll go on and on forever okay. uh, about shit we don't actually cover on this podcast. But again, we, we warned you. We warned you about what you were getting into. Um, we talk about random things. Show <laughs> it's fine. Um, Erica, I read a very convincing argument online today. I love that. Well, you can't spell America without Erica. Okay. Um, I I love her, but I I read a very convincing argument today that she's going to end up saving them all. Oh, because in the D D manual, Vecna only has one like person who can take him down, and it mm-hmm. just so happens to be Erica's character that she plays for D and D. And they did kind of foreshadow that in the very first episode when she was going up against Vecna and she was going to make oh, this like wild, that. crazy role. But she was like, I can do right. it. And she right. defeated him and, and won. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that tracks. Like, I don't know what's going to go down. Well, mm-hmm. because I don't think she has any kind of trauma for him to latch on to either. No. Yeah, unless they're hiding some big secret, I don't think her or Lucas really have any. I mean, Lucas, you know, had experiences with his friends, but not trauma. You know, he didn't kill well, anyone or maim Lucas, anybody. You could, like, yeah. all the boys endured a fair amount of bullying. Yes. So but I, I just don't you, know what you would go there. But yeah, with I Erica, thought his friends killed someone or, you know, you have some really big traumatic horrible thing because even like the cheerleader girl we were talking about that later I was like what really was her trauma like her abusive mom she was bulimic and like her eating disorder yeah yeah that was her that was her trauma that was her oh that kill was so good oh my god it was oh it was amazing I wasn't expecting it to be that good no that's why I'm like I am so happy that this that they finally it, it's you know it's been gory sort of all throughout because the character yeah, you know because yeah, the creature yeah. whatever 
this was a different level with the eyes missing and the so on and so forth. And it's like, you finally took it there. It took you way too long to take it there. But like, you have this platform to have a show that can be age inappropriate. Take it fucking there. Take it. It doesn't have to be disgusting the whole time, but just take it there. And that's why I was so happy about it. But like I said, each each season is going to appeal to people differently. And for us as horror people, or me especially, this is what make my heart happy. Because I'm like, give me the things. Because the 80s are so just completely overloaded with amazingly good and amazingly bad, but still amazing horror movies. And they touched on them like eatsy beatsy here and there, you know, because like it's the times like, you know, Jonathan's Evil Dead poster, so on and so forth. But it never really, I thought, ever paid homage to it the way they were doing with sci-fi films and, you know, other films. And it's like, give it to me. You have like so much to take from. You have so much material to take from, to pay homage to. So they will never hear this, but it's like, thank you so much. For just finally just taking it there and taking a hammer to it and doing it. You did the damn thing. And Do you know what I think it was? I'll be so happy with this one. <laughs> Do you know what I think what I think it was? What's changed? So in every season up until this one, we have a physical threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Shit's mm-hmm. weird. Stuff should not exist. But as long as we're not in the upside down, all the rules of physics apply, right? Right. We, we can hide and be safe. We can fight back and be safe. We can pound nails into a baseball bat and go to town. Like, yeah, we were relatively safe because we've mm-hmm. stayed in this, like, physical world, right? right? But mm-hmm. now the attack comes at any time. In any place, there is no defense. Mm-hmm. There is no monster. People just fly right. up and get broken <laughs> every which way, right? Right. And I think that's the switch, is that it's scarier mm-hmm. because we're in more danger now. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what made, obviously, the obviously the big, big homage is Friday, is a is Nightmare on Elm Street. Obviously, Nightmare that's Street. your... Yes. He's even your, got the hand. Your, yeah. Right. That's, that's your big, you know, your big one. They talk about other things. That's your big one. But that's... If you, if you remember the first time you watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, I mean, when oh. he's throwing... When he's throwing the friend around the bedroom and the boyfriend's like, what the fuck? Like, that is frightening. And it is still frightening to this day. That first time you see it, because you're not ready, you're not ready for that. And you don't see Freddy at all. Freddy's not there in that yeah. scene. He's not there at all. You just see this body being violently assaulted, and that's it. And then when they're dragging her body through the hallway in the body bag, like, I mean, again, he's not there. He's outside, but you don't see him. The moments where Freddy isn't there, are arguably the scarier moments of those films, especially later when they made Freddy more comedy, you know? Yeah. But in those first couple, the moments he's not really there, I think are the scarier moments, especially in that first one. When you don't see him, it's scarier. Because I can I can remember Nightmare on Elm Street oh. being legendary as a kid. I can remember mm-hmm. going to elementary school 
and like having people talk about if they got if they saw it or if they didn't like in my mind in my young mind the nightmare on elm street especially the first few movies was like Mm -hmm. the pinnacle of fear right like i had genuine anxiety about even watching it like once you turn it on there's no like you can't unsee like I was never gonna sleep again. <laughs> like that's just that's just <laughs> how never, frightening ever. it was. Never. Never, yeah. never. But yeah, I think they were smart to lean into that, but I think they were also obviously they touched on a few other things. I mean, the voice is Hellraiser. The scene coming yeah. down the stairs where you don't see him is very is Hellraiser. His whole setup is very Hellraiser. Like the uh, yeah. vines that shoot out uh, mm-hmm. are very Hellraiser. Um, you know his whole his whole thing. But again, I knew ex- instantly they were doing Freddy because of the because the hand, um, and uh, and his design does look great. I love the old house factor i wasn't sure where we were gonna go with that um Mm -hmm. and i and i did not expect the twist that it would be you know a a threat from inside like yeah i thought Mm -hmm. that was great um so i I just i hope that we going forward the twist twist with him being number one was great i didn't see it my boyfriend i I recognized him from as being a big actor because he was in Sweeney Todd, he was in um, Immortal Instruments. Yeah, I, mean, I knew that was, but and I, I just was didn't like, see I him know. doing a bit part. Like I knew his character, yeah. he was going to turn out to be somebody. Yeah, <clears throat> and it was a good twist because I, I mean, I, I was like, you're up to something, but I don't know what. But I wasn't sure. I wasn't sold that he was Vecna. I just figured he was a shit, and that was just he was going to be a shitty person, you know. But I wasn't sold on him being Vecna right away. So that was a good twist for me. It got me because I was like, oh, I really hope that when we when we get part two, there's some things that I I I really hope we get. I I feel like we have not fully explained the origins of the upside down. No, we We have explained that before Yes, we. I mean, for everything to connect, I I need to understand the upside down. I need to understand mm-hmm. why specifically Eleven can channel it. Uh, yeah. I I need to understand. Did Papa come from the upside down? Is that why? Because I'm just not buying that. Like a little bit of LSD <laughs> made her who she is in the womb. Like, uh, yeah. I need I need a little more. Like we've yeah. we've gotten this rich history now. We have this rich backstory. We know who number one is. We know what happened to him. All those things, but we gotta fill in that hole for me. Yeah. For it really to all go chick 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 and be nice. Yeah, and- I would like to know because we don't know. Yeah, I mean, and I honestly I don't, and truthfully. Who is who is going to beat Vecna as a villain? I think it's going to be Erica. I I think it's going to be some weird trick play. Who's going to be the no? I mean, who's going to be the villain of season five? Are they done? Why do I think that they were done? 
No, we still get season five. Oh, okay. So we get two more to end season four, and then we get season five. And there's obvi- they already said there will be a large time jump going into five because they ha- there has to be. So to me, I'm like, are you going to keep Vecna as a possibility for five? Because who's going to beat him as a villain? There's nobody who can. Well, so they talked about how the Mind Flayer still exists. The Mind Flayers still exist in the Upside Down. They never killed him. They just got him out of uh, will. Um, And that they they talked about how, like, Vecna is like his general, right? He's like his badass uh, champion warrior person. So it makes sense that at some point they're going to have to band together, travel into the Upside Down to kill the Mind Flayer. Yeah, that could be. If he's the source. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far we haven't gotten any more source than that. Yeah. Because, like, the, the Demodogs, the Demogorgons, and Vecna all are characterized as being part of the Mind Flayer. True. But, yeah. And even the weird to... blobby kind of thing was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I hope his design is good, whatever he looks like. Have we seen him? Mind Flayer, we, we saw him a little bit in season two. It was that big giant spider thing. Oh, the big giant thing. Okay. But we didn't really see him see him or whatever it. No, but we got like the outline of him through the clouds. It needs to be. Okay, that's interesting you say it's a spider because that's where Vecna is like he likes his spiders. So Yeah, the Black Widows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was so creepy. I was like, ew, you're a bug kid. Of course you're a bug kid. <laughs> yeah, you ew. would be. You would be a bug kid. That was so nasty. I was like, what are you doing? Friends with the spiders. Get out of here. Get out. <laughs> We're dead. Like, well, he's crazy. We're all dead. Yeah. I love that oh, house. Dare you. I would live in that creepy ass house. Oh, I have, like, you know that this. You know I have these like grand Ill. fantasies where like we buy an old house and then have unlimited mm-hmm. funds to restore it the way that we want to. And we sit around and drink wine and pick out wallpaper and eat and Just cheese. don't make friends with the spiders in the, in the, in the floor. No, I won't. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Kick out the, sp- kick out the black widows in the house. So, yeah, yeah, last half of this show was not meant to be a, a Stranger Things no. review. But, you know, whatever. Fuck it. Um yeah. And I'm and I am so and I hope there's more Eddie going forward because I am so madly in love with him. It's stupid. <laughs> like well, I love you. Honestly, they might kill Eddie before they kill Steve. No, but I don't want them to because I love him and he has not gotten enough time. I'm like he's so great. He's such a I fan favorite, though. I could see them being like, ha ha. <laughs> I don't that. want him to die. He's so good. I like, I think if I went to high school with you, I'd be in love with you. Yeah, I maybe not you. die, but maybe what if, what <laughs> if Vecna is defeated and Eddie is left in the upside down mm-hmm. and could he do becomes something like, like the new Vecna? Like what if Eddie becomes our new villain? Oh yeah. That would be really, that would be kind of like Billy, sort of, kind of. Yeah. Sort of, kind of. 
Billy was technically the blob, part of the blob. The piercing blue <laughs> eyes of a Siberian husky. God damn, he's attractive. Um, I'm not saying Billy wasn't cute. He was just a terrible person. No, but he's the he's the best douche in the world. Like every like yes. move, like he he just he had it so right. Like I've never he seen an actor nail it so hard. Like yeah, it was amazing. It is true. Mm-hmm. It is true. But yeah, I have no idea where it's going. I am sad that we have to wait until July 1st. I wanted it now. So that was funny because it started when we were away for celebration. And mm-hmm. so we were watching it like late at night in the hotel rooms, in the hotel room, because we were like, we have to watch it. And then we kind of like fell asleep halfway through some of them that had nightmares. And they were like, okay, you have to watch the whole thing again when we get back because we kind of forgot stuff. <laughs> Yeah. But we were trying to like stay on top of it before the whole thing got blown, you know? So you're like, stop spoiling shit. <laughs> right. But yeah. Watching it. Well, that's actually, I think I like that's, a, that's a pretty good way to close the show, actually. So, you know, we've, we know we don't cover Stranger Things. We don't care. Um, tweet at us. <laughs> comment on the facebook page like whatever you want to do send us a message we'll answer it um what do you think is going to happen what what are your predictions we've laid out our predictions we've kind of put some things out there we think that are going to happen some things we liked and some things we didn't i would love your thoughts we have some very cool people i know especially on twitter there's like some very cool people following us on twitter shoot us a tweet like what did you think what do you think is going to happen i would love to have this discussion uh, with anyone who's willing to have it because I agree I love this season it is so dark I like each season okay. in its own right for yeah. different reasons oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. It, this season hits different it hit different for me mm-hmm. so I for get me it. as a horror fan it hit different and I don't know if yeah. I can say it's my if it's my favorite because your favorite? I I well because I think of them as a collective like <laughs> I think of it as one story that keeps going. But if you could only watch one from beginning to end again, which one would it be? Oh, that's hard. Because the first season was so, like, in my muscles, in my core, like the bikes and the... uh, (laughs) The bikes. Like, riding everywhere on bikes. We rode everywhere on bikes. (laughs) We could bring this home and back to our relevant topic of goosebumps because if they do a time jump, they will be further into the 90s. So will there be goosebumps in season five of Stranger Things? Well, if they do a time jump, are they going to be the parents now? And we're not going to get those characters anymore? We're going to have kids of theirs? I hope they don't pull a Harry Potter kind of and do that. I hope they get them into like a few years down the road, but not like massively a time jump. You know, like I don't want to have them. They're not going to be that old. They're not going to be old enough to be parents, you know? It's just going to be like, we're not high school kids or, you know, we're- I think we're they'd be old. Like, if they went 10 years in the future, every single one of them should have kids. Yeah, they haven't said what the time jump's going to be. I just know the Duffer brothers have said there has to be one. Like, expect one because of- How telenovela aging. of them. That happens in every telenovela. Like, you get- like 60 episodes in and then there's like a massive time jump. It happens. It's a trope. Mm-hmm. It happens every single time. So we'll see. But if they don't go too far, they could be in the 90s and there could be goosebumps in Stranger Things. We could see it. I could see the Duffer Brothers We better fucking it see it. All- if we're in the 90s and this is something like, did you see Mrs. Wheeler and what she was wearing? Oh. 
that woman needs help. <laughs> but so true to the time. So true to the time. Oh, yeah. I watched a great video with the one of the hairstylist people about why Nancy's hair was so bad. And at oh, least the she story Nancy's said, like, perm tells or something like she that. Said, she said, I purposely did it. She's like, nobody had a good perm. Everybody nope. had a bad one. Why yeah. would I give her a good one? It was on purpose because people kept tweeting at her. Like, why is her hair so shitty? And it's like, because that's what it would have looked like. <laughs> yeah, that's so, what it looked like. Deal with it, bro. Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. had a home perm from a box. Yep. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. how that worked. Nobody went to the freaking salon to get a perm. Give me a break. You had four older yeah. sisters and an auntie smoking a cigarette two feet from you. Like, that's that's yeah. how that that's went down. It was. it was just funny how she's like, it was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, we can so make if the we're in the 90s, think- we better see we some will- goosebumps. But at least see a poster or maybe a book or two or something. But I, because they're too old for it. But if, you know, there's a younger kid somewhere or something, I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm It'll hoping be two years it. till we find out. So if we're still doing this podcast, yeah. um, <laughs> we'll cover it. I don't think so. Who's recording so. next? Be I me, think it's right? a Goosebumps next. We have to do that book for. Oh, for the winner. What Did was they it supposed say to be? specifically? You I sent like me a text said... and I forgot because it was. Uh, we need to look and see because it was. I... It is either. I believe it was either going to be a choose your own adventure, the first choose your own adventure, I think, and then shoot, I'm trying to scroll up through our things. Do, I don't know. Do, do. I feel like the uh, the winner of our contest on Twitter. Um, and I forget the name right right this second, but um, they wanted us to take a look at the art book, the, uh, oh, the right. Tim, J- Tim Jacobus art book. Um, and we were like, oh, you know, actually, we kind of we already talked about that a little bit because um, Danielle got it for Christmas and she was you know telling us about it. And then I feel like they gave us a second suggestion, but I don't remember what it was. I remember one of them was, I think it was the Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Yes, or, that's the one. Or yep, that's what they want. And I believe I have both. So I have to just okay. decide which one I'm going to do. But I think we just did a Choose Your Own Adventure not super long ago. So we should probably do Cuckoo Clock of Doom if I have it. Okay, you so. check and see if you have it. Um, we're not a thousand percent when that's coming. It's going to come as soon as we can. It's the summertime. Yeah. We have a lot going on. Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's mm-hmm. hard. So we're just, you know, we're we're doing what we do. Like we'll let you know when it's coming, and we'll get together and record. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. So that'll be fun. So next time we'll have a goosebumps for you. Um, mm-hmm. And until that time, try not to melt if you live in Arizona. Your things. Again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and tweet at us. Bye. Anyway.